Happy Thanksgiving, guys, to those of you that celebrate Thanksgiving today, and Happy Thursday to those of you who do not but are joining in to listen. Today, we have a very special interview with the amazing Mark Nixon from Shadows at the Door. I apologize in advance. This was uh, actually more delayed than I had hoped it would be, but you know, life happens. This episode was recorded in September, so some of the info has been updated since then, especially on Mark's channel with his podcast, so just know that beforehand, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Portrait of Knox podcast. This week, we will be interviewing the lovely the incredible Mark Nixon. Hi, Mark. Oh, you're too kind already. Hello. You have a lovely, lovely podcast that you've created, books, mm. and your whole website. I have my finger in a few pies. Just a couple. So yeah. the book came after the website. It did. I mean, okay. um, I was overcome with a desire to write a spooky story. And once I got it out of my system, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, like I gave it to one friend and I didn't even consider publishing. I, I thought that was just completely, um, that's what other people did. So I just thought I'll start a blog and I put it on a blog. And then like the next weekend, I think, oh, I have another story that's in me. And I wrote that. And then, and then I, I, it just kept happening that way. And then I just put it out there. If other people wanted to write for the site and then it became less of a blog and more of a fully fledged website. And eventually people said, you guys should do a book. And I crumbled to peer pressure and did a book. And it's its own special masterful creation. That's exactly right. The whole point was, there's a lot of writers on the website who I really like. Um, some are quite well known, some are not. And I just thought they're all fantastic anyway. And I want to get them out there. And I obviously, because they were giving me stories for the website, I never paid them. And mm -hmm. I wanted to... You know, that always felt bad, even though it was just a you know, stupid blog, you know, that I'd started up. But <laughs> I um so yeah, and then like, you know, I, I launched a Kickstarter and people were very generous. We got it, and I was able to pay these writers to create new stories uh for the book. So all of the stories in the book were new for that anthology. Oh. That's that's a really nice story for you know, it it surprises me sometimes the background that horror stories can have of mm. their actual writers of being like, this is a really touching story that made this book happen. It's like, it's horrifying. <laughs> I always think I should create this like spooky, all black wearing gothic guy who lives by a fireplace and has a tumbler of whiskey. But first <laughs> of all, I don't drink whiskey. I have an oh. electric fireplace. Um, <laughs> I try to save money by not having it on much. And, and I'm just a big, squishy romantic. So that spooky <laughs> image doesn't, like, really hold up. I mean, what do you mean? You have that picture on Twitter of you taking a lovely bubble bath with, what was it, champagne? I feel like you had champagne that night. I did not have champagne. <gasps> well, fine. It felt <laughs> like it was. It, did you even drink? anything was it hot cocoa i feel like if you take a lovely bubble bath you need a beverage champagne implies that i have money uh, <laughs> i don't <laughs> well the champagne over here is like 12 dollars. <laughs> wow yeah i mean 
there's better things, but like I'll get champagne that I like for like eight dollars. So, <laughs> a small pause, just in case. Here's my own little audio clip because I forget if I even said the name of your stuff. <laughs> the shadows at the door, franchise <laughs> group LLC. Trademark. <laughs> One of those. Is it just a trademark? I feel like it has to have something. I don't know. You said franchise, and now I feel like Shadows at the Door is like a burger chain <laughs> restaurant. And like you can get the spooky special, which is um, it's just a burger, just like with a lot of mayonnaise on it. So okay. it looks like ghost goo. It <laughs> is horrifying. Will yeah. you get a heart attack? Will you turn into this burger? Only time will tell. Exactly. I don't know. It's just, but I, I guess to answer your question, Shadows at the Door was the name I came up for the blog. And I always, like, when the book was being made, one of the writers on the book suggested that the book be called Shadows at the Door because I'd already built uh, somewhat of a reputation and a brand. And then when the podcast came along, it was because the audiobook was one of the best selling formats of the anthology. And. I'm a big podcast fan. I listen to many podcasts. I'm behind on nearly all of my podcasts that I listen to. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I've, I've just kept the same name all the time for, you know, as Shadows of the Door becomes like this aimless enterprise where I just go, eh, we're a blog. Eh, now we're a website. Eh, now we're a publisher. Eh, now we're a podcast. I just keep <laughs> the same name for that continuity. I mean, it works. It makes it very easy to find. Indeed. So why horror? Because my podcast, not not horror yet. Maybe if I find some public domain things, I'm staring at a giant book of Edgar Allan Poe right in front of my face. But, you know, mm. overdone. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm taking free things already, so I'll take what I can get. But, you know, what what was it that got got the horror going for... The blog in the first place. Um, I've always been into horror. Um, I mean, I was brought up on sci-fi. Uh, my dad was watching Star Trek: The Next Generation like every day after work. There'd be an episode on BBC Two, and we would watch it. And I'd always prefer the the spookier episodes. I saw. Um, I don't know if you if you watch Star Trek, but there's an episode early in the first season of TNG where like this black goo monster kills oh. one of the main cast. And oh, so it's called long. Skin of Evil. Yeah. I used to but, watch it with my great grandma. So I'm like, oh, nostalgia. Well, there we go. And and that kind of stuff would always stay with me. And I would go to the local library a lot. And I would end up reading like the Usborne Book of Ghosts. And, you know, you would take page two, like ghosts, page three, Nessie, page four, you know, Black, uh, Blackfoot. That's a new one. <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> Blackfoot is like a knockoff version of Bigfoot. But yeah, <laughs> I, I've always... We can't afford that name. <laughs> <laughs> we need our own for our own newspaper. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess it was always... There was always that horror, like, loving side of me. And, you know, I was exposed to a lot of spooky stuff growing up. Um, that's not to say, like, I was sat watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I watched things like Jim Henson's The Storyteller. And I don't know, no, no, I just... One day, it just all... I just decided I wanted to create, and it felt good to create, so I kept doing it. And no one has stopped me. <laughs> good. They shouldn't. It's lovely. 
have had a great, great joy. I think this was actually the first podcast that I got to be, like, when the first episode came out and be like, yes, I'm ready. All the other ones were always like, oh, yeah, they've had, like, 20 episodes going on for a few years now. And I was like, no one makes new podcasts now, I see. And then they had the ad on the No Sleep podcast. I was like, what? Oh, is that how you heard of this thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was very nice of, of Mr. Cummings to do that. Um, so you can say that you were a Shadows of the Doll hipster. You liked it before yeah. it was cool. Exactly. I was like, I was there when the first episode came out. I got to see it on my feed of being out for 27 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, downloaded. Listening now. Bye, guys. Yeah, for the first season, I always ended up releasing them very late on a Friday. Like, so late that sometimes it would technically be released on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most exciting things, just for me, just to be like, oh, new experience I get to be a part of as it goes. Mm -hmm. And then season one ended, and I was very sad. (laughs) Well, David and I recorded a bonus episode the other day, and um, I have actually just... halfway through a script for season two right now but oh. i think we produced season one a little bit too intensely mm-hmm. um it, it had a very long production period and yet when we started to release them they were unfinished and oh. it was i really burnt out after season one ended like i didn't write anything for i would say about two months and i've only oh, recently started again um so we're, we're having we're going to be like releasing it in like spring 2020 for season two which I think is the first time I've been public with that. So you've got an exclusive there. Woo. And <laughs> yeah, and um, we're just having a slow production. So when I finish the script this weekend, I'll send it to David and he's going to record that before he goes off the No Sleep tour. And I'll have one episode probably finished before the second one is even written. And I'm speaking to some writers about being part of season two, but I can't mention those just yet. <laughs> well, you don't want to spoil anything. I can see the production being exhausting for that, especially now that I've been trying. Oh my god. It seems so easy. It's like, no, you just rec- you record some lines and you just put some music down. It's not that hard. It mm-hmm. is. It's yeah. very hard. Very, very hard. And you never want it to be a chore, so I'm slowing it down so that it remains fun. Yeah. You guys got to have lovely music. Mm-hmm. Hint, yep. hint, hint of <laughs> the wonderful Nico. Nico is amazing, who you introduced me to. Yes, Nico is fantastic. Um, he produces a lot of music now for quite a lot of podcasts and with good reason because he's just so fantastic and i'm absolutely thrilled to see him thrive i know he just got that new job too i was so excited i was like nico you're doing it he was already doing it but yeah it's it seemed like a very big deal very exciting Mm -hmm. yeah we've already started kind of talking about season two because um, whenever i expose myself to new music that i like uh, i usually send it to him and i go right that's just keep this in mind for an episode that hasn't even been picked yet never mind written so and now we're gonna take a hard left turn oh yeah we don't talk books and horror all the time (laughs) it's D &D time now so Uh oh (laughs) 
Oh yeah, brace yourself. It's gonna get exciting. As exciting as you want to make it, since it's gonna be about your campaign adventure so far. So, I got started with this podcast to be able to practice doing different voices. And Mark has now started his own D&D adventures. Yeah. For the very first time. I thought I'd double down on being a nerd. I mean... It's only nerdy to people who haven't played. Once you're in the circle, it's not nerdy. <laughs> How's it going so far? How are you liking it? Yeah, um, so I played um, like a one-shot with some friends at the beginning of the year, and it seemed that I was naturally like attuned to it. And then I played a couple one-shots, and there's like a local gaming cafe in mm-hmm. uh, Newcastle, which is only like half an hour away from here. So um, yeah, and then I just joined a campaign that was starting up and our dungeon master has like got this entirely vast homebrew campaign and yeah and it's it's quite fun although our party is mostly a group of assholes so it's like (laughs) it's like there's two warlocks a paladin with a dark history an evil bard um and two rogues one of which is an assassin and one of which is a thief not no. your not your standard hero party, but it's more no. exciting. It's more exciting I mean, this way. Even the paladin, who I think is on a righteous mission, is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of righteousness are they going for? I don't know. I mean, everyone's keeping their cards close to their chest, and because everyone's like an evil character, um, you know, you without meta gaming, you've just got to just go along with it. Um, mm-hmm. So I know which character you are <laughs> which is lovely but yeah. for everyone at home who did you decide you were gonna be for this campaign well i initially decided i wanted to be a warlock because i just sat reading them and i thought oh warlock that's pretty cool a lot of short stories i like have warlocks in them and then the dm said the dm said right you're going to be the fourth warlock in our party i was like what <laughs> I said, and he said, yeah, that'll be interesting. I said, no, no, that sounds boring as shit. So, um, can I swear, by the way? Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. good. That, yeah. Great. Uh, my things for for older older adults. I don't I don't need young children listening to me talk about things. Distinguished <laughs> adults. Yeah. So, me and apparently another warlock decided not to be warlocks, and and the lady who runs the the cafe suggested bard. And I was like, yeah, I like that, but I was really hoping to be evil. And so now I'm an evil bard. Kind of evil. <laughs> He's an asshole. Bards are great, though. Do they make you sing to give the inspiration? No, my bard tells stories and <gasps> plays the flute. So, um, for example, during a short rest, I got out my iPhone and had a pre-prepared list of flute music and played it off my phone. Oh my god, that's amazing! Whilst wow. miming it. So, <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, you look a bit silly doing it, but you've got to, like, no. grab the bull by the horns. And, in fact, yeah, uh, the other day, we were in battle, and I did bardic inspiration for someone, and I didn't want to get the phone out, so I made it verbal, and I just quoted Shakespeare. Uh, I said, cry nice. havoc and let slip the dogs of war. And we were uh. fighting dogs, so there was a pun as well. That's great. Oh my god. I love when people do that. It just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. When everyone can be like on board for like just fully committing to it and not yeah. being 
like how I was with the intro, being very scared and very nervous. Being like, I'm too self-conscious. Well, you can just do it. Just be like, yes. You have to play D&D like no one is watching except your party and that they're all in. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I, I do a voice. Like, my character has a voice and oh. a couple other people in the group started with a voice and then because we've been using our voices consistently, they've now started using them too, so it's allowed the others to kind of come out of their shells a little bit, I think. Yeah, I definitely had that same problem of being the one that was like, mm-mm, no, I'll just... I actually made a character that wasn't able to talk much. She was very quiet. We were doing like a Bloodborne-themed campaign, and I chose a tiefling, and she had been raised by the creepy, uh, like, screaming crows in Bloodborne, so she didn't really know how to talk to people anymore. Right. And she was relearning, so as the campaign went on, she could talk more. But it kind of worked worked out for me getting a feel for the group, getting a feel for how D&D was played, because I was like, I've never played before, but I want to. So mm. that worked out. And the second time around, I have a lovely voice of the most annoying <laughs> kind of like a really, really like bitchy like California girl or just an upper valley type voice of being like oh my god why would you do that yeah like I I don't date chaotic neutrals yeah I, just, I've got yeah. like plus four dexterity so that's not gonna happen yeah and I'm a monk so I'm a real sassy monk and I don't even oh, care. I like monks yeah like monks. they're very exciting like oh those multi-attacks I was a fighter the first time around and I'm like why wasn't I a monk? This is even better. In a one-shot I played, I was a Dragonborn Ranger, and I just picked, like, the, the DM had just brought some pre-made characters, and I didn't realize that Rangers get two goes in battle, mm-hmm. and I kept rolling really high, and it was, like, it was just the best time. So I may consider a Ranger for another campaign one day, but I'm very attached to my bard. I have, like, a like a 2,000-page backstory for him. Oh, so. That's lovely. <laughs> well, I'm a writer, so when he yeah. said, can you come up with a story for him, I was like, oh yeah, I yeah. can. That's what I love the most is the the backstories of all the characters that people come up with. I've got one friend in the group that also, they love everything about RPing, so they're like, yes, every, every detail I can come up with, I don't care if it's a one shot, I've got pages upon pages of this character, and I'm like, I love it, I want to hear everything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What can you share about your asshole bard? Um, he's a bard of whispers, um, and he pretends to be a bard of law. And he's actually like he's got like a charlatan background, but he's actually a nobleman. He's actually got a he comes from a quite noble, high class family in the city that we started in. But I don't have noble background, even though that's my character, because <laughs> he's he's so fake. And to some extent, there's a lot of heavy influence from Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. And by heavy influence, meaning, like, definitely Littlefinger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, just he's just trying to get power. But then what's very interesting is the character is loaded. And he's got a lot of money on him. And he can get more money easily. And nearly everyone else in the party is motivated by money. It's interesting that I'm not really like, oh, let's go do this dangerous mission. It'll, it'll, we'll get a lot of gold. And I'm like, how much gold? And I'm like, 50. I'm like, I have that in my pocket. <laughs> um, like, in order to win them over, because they're a bunch of assholes, and even though my characters got very high charisma, they're obviously, they have autonomy over their characters. I bought them all a meal and a drink in a tavern, and not one character said thank you. And I have remembered that, and I'm not doing it again until they say thank you. <laughs> 
I love that. Uh, yeah. And the fact that he has so much money and can get more whenever definitely doubles down on the little finger. Analogy. There is a downside, though, because um, he's not very good in battle. Uh, so I'm more of like the supportive healer in the group mm-hmm. and obviously Bardic Inspiration. Try to make myself useful so that, you know, if the big bad monster comes for me, you know, they'll save me. So yeah. we've only had two battles, but I haven't landed a single hit because I've also been rolling quite badly. Oh, has anything truly horrible happened in your party yet due to a bad roll? Or has it just been like, it was bad, but luckily not bad enough? Um, we're still early days, but I think what the, the, the funniest one I can think of is the paladin in our group is very strong. And we were in a basement and there was like a vampire coffin. Mm-hmm. And he'd been given a crowbar from another player and he prized the crowbar into the coffin to open it. And he rolled a one. So not only did the crowbar snap, but he like fell backwards and actually took damage <laughs> from how badly it went trying to open the coffin. <laughs> well, that's sad. What, yeah. Did it ever get opened? No, um, we, we got enough hints from the DM that if there was a vampire in there, it mm. wouldn't be in there right now because it was nighttime. Mm. And then as a group, we suddenly realized that the vampire would be would probably kick our ass, so we got out of there quite quickly. But the two rogues were upstairs stealing everything, so... <laughs> well, you know, got, they gotta do what they want. Mm-hmm. I miss D&D now. We haven't had a session in a few weeks. Yeah, I was a fortnightly. I would like to play it more, um, you know, despite all the commitments I have. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously you've got a group of, I think we've got uh, seven people in the DM. It's just getting everyone together. Yeah, especially being adults. Man, trying to schedule so many adults to be like, I want to play a game with you guys for, for a few hours. And it's like, yeah, well, there's babies, there's work, travel. Exactly. Podcasts. <laughs> Podcasts. I'm just tired. It gets sad sometimes, and it's like, man, no wonder adults don't have many friends anymore. We're all so yeah. busy. And then just tired. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, moving on, I guess, now that we've probably spent enough time talking about Dungeons & Dragons. Trying to avoid the obvious one. But, besides horror and sci-fi, so we'll cut, we'll cut out the danger zone right there. No horror and no sci-fi. Mm-hmm. What what other genres would would you be interested in writing for, or that you have written for, but maybe aren't as well known? I've kind of written some sci-fi in the past because it's given me a license to exercise the more romantic side of myself, and mm-hmm. I have no interest in writing romance at all. I find that genre very boring um, <laughs> in literature. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? I- Glistening like, bodies <laughs> in a passionate embrace. No, <laughs> um, but I like seeing it within other genres, not necessarily horror. So mm-hmm. to me, it goes hand in hand with sci-fi. A lot of the sci-fi I consume is normally quite hopeful and optimistic and romantic. So I've kind of done that in the past, and I would I would very much like to write that kind of stuff more. Um, other than that, not many other genres are interesting me besides mm-hmm. those at the moment. I mean, I would certainly read them. I, I read some fantasy and thrillers, but at the moment, I really do like to keep it to horror and sci-fi. Yeah, that's fair. And when I feel like I do that well enough, I'll move on to something else, but that day will never come. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I understand that feeling very much. It's like, Aragorn, there may come a day where I feel like I am good at what I do, but not this day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to do this. It was very kind of you. I very much appreciate oh, it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I look forward to seeing how you find Dorian Gray. It's going to be, it's exciting. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you again, Mark, for such a lovely interview. You can check out all of Mark's lovely creations down in the links below. It has links to his website, the anthology, and his podcast, and more. So give him a shout out, give him a look. He is wonderful, and he deserves so much love. Music was, of course, provided by the amazing Nico from We Talk of Dreams. I hope you guys have a lovely Thursday and a great weekend. I will talk to you again soon. Bye! So you already know it's a very sexy and sexually charged book, then. (laughs)